hey guys, welcome to the new episode of SaaS Essence Podcast, which is India's number one SaaS focused podcast. I'm Sneel, I'm your host, and uh, today I'm hosting the awesome Puneet Kataria on the show. So Puneet is the founder of Customer Success Box. Uh, you guessed it right. You know, is it's like a customer success platform for B two B SaaS companies. He's in the industry for more than nineteen years, and uh, you know he's worked with companies like IBM, ThoughtWorks, Kayako, and now he runs uh, heads Customer Success Box as a CEO and founder. So welcome, Puneet, on the show. Thank you so much, Anil. Um, uh, thanks a lot for having me, and um, it's such a great thing that you're running a SaaS sessions. And uh, thanks for your contributions to the community. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I'm looking forward to do more of such. <laughs> so, Puneet, is there anything, something uh, else you can uh, you'd like to add to your introduction? Uh, no, I, I think you've sort of pretty much covered it all. I've, um, I started I started my career as an engineer. Um, used to be working on aerospace uh, when I was with Honeywell, um, and then um, I was working specifically on weather radars and, and whatnot. And then from there, I moved to move to the dark side, as I as I call. It. I started selling. Uh, software. Um, so I started selling SaaS software. That's what I've been doing for almost about 15 years. Um, and then during the journey, towards the last leg of the journey, I've been selling SaaS specifically since 2006. Um, but sometimes during the towards the end of the the journey, uh, when I was um, when I was leading a sales organization as VP Worldwide Sales, um, I ended up signing my incentive plans. Um, on MRR rather than just new business acquisitions, and um, so so when I inherited, you know, this when I signed for an MRR as my incentive plan, I realized I've also inherited ten million dollars in in, uh, in in recurring revenues, uh, close to ten million recurring revenues, and that is when um, I, I realized that no matter how good my sales team is doing, so my sales team was like literally kicking ass. Um, hitting quota month on month, but I was not making my incentives. So it took me about two months to realize, holy shit, that there is a leak in the bucket, uh, that there is there is something called churn. And uh, that is when I woke up to the to the idea of customer success, to the idea of understanding recurring revenue, um, how it impacts businesses, how it how it changes, um, how it changes the trajectory of an organization. Um, and this was this was um, about five years back. And um, and here I am, all chips in, and uh, customer success. Uh, since then, uh, as a founder of Customer Success Box, that's awesome. I I guess you know customer success people. Uh, that's John is like the one metric uh, they consider as the north star, and I think you also did that, and you realized that, and that's why I guess you started with the whole idea of Customer Success Box. So is is this the uh, reason why, that why you started see a Customer Success Box, or is there something else associated to it? Um, uh, Sunil, um, if you if you like like the way I described my journey, and you pretty much nailed it. That um, yes, customer success is the ultimate north star, and and that is a result of we live in subscription economy. And I'll talk about subscription economy in a minute. But finishing my story, what I'm essentially doing is um, so so as, as one of my previous roles, I was I was VP worldwide sales. I was explaining, uh, but I was responsible for selling a customer support platform. So I was VP worldwide sales for a company which was which was selling customer support, customer ticketing platform. Um, so I was in this unique vantage point. You know, all through my career, I've only seen the journey up till sales, but I've never seen the journey post sales. So about five six years back, I got this vantage point of selling something, selling a product which actually helps 
my customers help their customers post sales. So that was my first glimpse on the other side of what happens after sales. Ah, so you basically have to support your customers, Mr. Customer, if you have a problem, you'd write to uh, support at, frankly, we will respond at within our SLA.com. Um, and after that, um, you know, that's about it. And if Mr. Customer, you don't have a problem, you don't write to us. If you're, if you're not writing to us, you know, that silence and we assume everything must be hunky-dory, everything must be nice and beautiful and everything must be as per plan. Um, whereas truly that was not the case. The, uh, the irony of the situation were, uh, you know, to improve the adoption um, or to deliver customer success off a customer support platform, we had to use and deploy customer success practices. We had to put together a customer success team. We had to put together, even use customer success technology. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm sort of, it's sort of the irony of the situation that to, uh, to, you know, to make somebody successful on a support platform, you have to use customer, customer success. And, and this gave me you know, the, the clarity of where the world was headed. And as I started digging deeper, um, and, and what I realized was, um, if, you, if you look at the world that we live in today, you know, we don't live in the ownership economy as the case was 10, 20 years back. You know, you buy every, we used to buy everything from, um, you know, from your cars to your, uh, to your television sets, to, your, um, to, the, to, the, um, to the music that you, that you were listening to, um, uh, including all the B2B platforms and software, everything you will have to buy up front. You would license the software for life, maybe pay a maintenance fee for any upgrades or upsells, but they were all essentially perpetual licenses that you would purchase. But now we live in what I call subscription economy. And in subscription economy, uh, the, the world is very, very different. And I'll, let, me, let me step back and, and I'll talk about it a little bit more. Because this is, this is the foundation. A lot of people are scratching their head why do I need customer success? A lot of people are scratching their head. How is this different from customer support? What am I doing different? A lot of people are even, you know, I would say stepping up and saying, hey, it's the, it's the old, you know, old wine in a new bottle, that it's, uh, it's a new name for customer support. There is none of that is true. And, and to, to explain and to put my point, I think we need to understand the foundation of what has fundamentally changed the way we do business. Um, and the way we do business in subscription economy is, is fundamentally different. Um, let, me, let me explain. Um, so in subscription economy, when you acquire a customer, you know, you've already spent a ton of marketing effort bringing that lead in, somebody to visit your website. You put all those AdWords and Googles of the world and LinkedIn's of the world and, and done a ton of content. Somebody hits your website. From the website, they eventually sign up for a demo. From demo, you know, you, you put them in your sales cycle. You take them through an entire CRM journey, uh, whether you're using the Pipedrive or HubSpot or Salesforce. And, and then they eventually end up, um, and they eventually end up becoming your customers. When you acquire them on, on, as customers on day one, uh, they pay you for maybe first month, first quarter, or first year, right? Um, you've, you've made anywhere between 5 to 15% of your potential life, lifetime value of that customer. So 
assuming the customer, because you're expecting customers to save five to seven years, maybe three to five to seven years, depending on the nature of your business, um, you're expecting them to stay this long on your platform. Whereas you've only made the first month or at max the first year worth of revenue. So five to 15% of lifetime value you've made. The 85 to 90, uh, 80 to 95% of lifetime value will eventually come in as recurring revenue if, if you're able to keep them as a customer for the next five to seven years. And they will stay on your platform if and only if you are able to deliver value. The value that your marketer, that your sales promise that, hey, um, if you use my platform, XYZ is going to be a business impact. And if you are able to fulfill that promise, that is the only uh, that is the mandatory and the only condition necessary for the customer to continue using your platform. Um, now, so you've acquired five to fifteen percent of revenue, whereas your eighty-five to ninety percent of the re revenue is going to come in as recurring revenue, and that, my friend, is the nature of the subscription economy. But this is this is not the end of. Let me give you a little bit more data points. How much money have you spent on bringing in this customer? You pretty much spend. Um, you pretty much spend at least 1x to 3x ACV, 1 to 3x your annual contract value you've already spent in acquiring the customer, what is popularly called the CAC, cost of, cost of uh, acquiring a customer. Whereas your CRC, we call it CRC, cost of retaining a customer, nobody A even measures. Even if you start measuring, you'll be surprised that it is it is anywhere between 0x to, to 0.2x of your um, of your um, of your ACV. A lot of people, even a lot of marketers, even you know, count it forward in CAC, which I think is fundamentally wrong because you need to spend uh, money in different ways and methods that we will talk about, you know, hopefully through, through the rest of the show um, on on what needs to be done to keep those customers. That's going to cost it, and that should be. Uh, labeled as the cost of retaining a customer not, cannot be and should not be mixed at CRC. So fundamentally what has happened is that you are burning all the money. I call the sales and marketing funnel as the, the, the side of the funnel which where you burn the money. And then um, the post-sales funnel is where you earn the money because that is where you are bringing in the customers. If you have to compare the sales and marketing and the customer success or post-sales world is I would call it... Uh, Earlier, you know, and I've, I've spent donkey years in sales and I would be able to, you know, in the past, I would go and walk into an organization and say, hey, I'm the only one who's bringing in money in this company. Everybody else is just burning money. Sales was the only one bringing in revenue. But this was the case in the, in the ownership economy. In subscription economy, sales guys do not bring in money anymore. Yes, they do bring in the first 5 to 15%. Yes, agreed. But fundamentally, they bring in logos. Money comes in, revenue comes into an organization. The organization uh, hits that revenue growth only and only if you're able to retain that customer. And that is a function of so many other departments. Your product needs to be good. Your, your customer success needs to be delivering value. Your support needs to be on, on top of it and things like that. And we'll talk more about it as we, again, as we go forward. So, so there you go. Ownership economy versus subscription economy. And that fundamentally is the core. So today, I will even go all the way to, to go and say that next time you acquire a customer, think twice before you celebrate. Think twice before you open that champagne bottle. Or at least be aware 
that this is not the ultimate success. In the ownership economy, once you acquire a customer, you are done. You've, you've hit the growth. But in subscription economy, acquiring a customer, you've just barely reached middle of the funnel. And the new funnel goes all the way to onboarding, delivering, you know, supporting them post-onboarding, delivering them success, the value that your sales promised, that your marketing promised, not stopping there, helping them go to the next use cases, helping them go to the next value because as your customers will get better educated, they will have more demands, that you will have to educate them on helping them get better technology, get more value from your product, hopefully they upgrade, and then you buy, then you end up getting an upsell advantage and eventually hopefully leading to an advocacy and all of those stuff. So that to me is the new end-to-end complete customer you know, life cycle funnel, starting from the tofu all the way to advocacy. Uh, why did I start Customer Success Box? So in a nutshell, um, I was in that position, responsible to, to grow that recurring revenue. Um, ended up learning about customer success, ended up learning about practice, was setting it up, rolled out the technology. And when we did roll out the technology, I had my share of frustrations with the technology that we were using. And that was one of the leading technologies back then. And, and given my frustrations, I, I said, hey, I can't be the only one facing this problem. I saw this, A, as an opportunity. B, I saw fundamentally, you know, customer success was shifting. Um, decided to move all chips in. And uh, here I am trying to build something to help myself back you know, if I time travel back to five years back, I'm just helping myself back then. Um, sorry, long answer, but hopefully uh, gives you gives you uh, a deeper enough understanding of why what we are doing and why we are doing it. Awesome. So that's like a very well put definition of a description of what customer success uh, essentially is. And you know, it's totally true that you know uh, people think of just the sale once the sale is done. Uh, that you know they start celebrating but I think there are a lot of companies now you know starting to realize the importance of customer success and that was my next question you know which you answered uh, already you know what what was the import what is the importance of customer success in SaaS in today's world and uh, you know you just uh, told like what's the importance and why is it why everyone should be you know focusing on customer success you know so that brings you to the next question which is about you you mentioned this about a bit you know uh, customer success should not be you know turning into a customer support role you know and lo- i uh, there's a lot of people i know in the customer success role you know they are sometimes they are complaining about you know all they are doing is customer support so you know i would like to know like how how do you stop like a customer success role turning into customer support role you meant you did mention that you know it's not customer success is a whole different role it's not something very uh, like customer support thing but uh, you know the these things happen in a lot of saas companies i'm sure you know uh, you might be the best person to know all about it so you know what how do you stop uh, a customer success turning into customer support role perfect um, i think that's a great question and and before i before i sort of answer that part of the question let me let me touch upon the previous one that you that i've uh, I think I've laid the foundation for it when I was talking about subscription economy and shared that. Um, but specifically talking about, you know, why is customer success important in B2B SaaS? Of course, subscription economy being the background, but how the mathematics of uh, the SaaS businesses grows is, is not just a function of your month-on-month customer acquisition, which used to be the case in the ownership economy. That used to be the core parameter. But 
in customer success, uh, sorry, in, in SaaS and subscription economy, the second component of that mathematics has, has now come in, which is your retention metric. Um, how much of MRR from your previous month you were able to hold or your last year you were able to hold and retain or even grow from the same cohort in this year? So let me give you a more detailed example here. So let's say I start my year, uh, 1st of January, I am on 100 customers paying me $10 million. Um, fast forward to December 31st, out of those 100, without including the new customers that you would have added through the year, out of those 100, let's say you still have 90 of them. That means your logo retention, your logo retention is about 90%. But the MRR, the 100 customers were paying you together $10 million, uh, sorry, let's say ARR, $10 million of ARR is what they were paying you on 1st of January. On 31st of December, same year, uh, out of which only 90 are there, are you getting less than 10 million? Are you ARR? Are you getting more than 10 million? Because some of those 90 would have purchased uh, more, more uh, software from you. They would have added more licenses. They would have upgraded their plans. All of that stuff would have happened over the, over the year. And the, the idea of uh, in the subscription economy, the mathematics that works into play is what is your ARR or MRR retention rate? And that fundamentally is going to change the trajectory of your organization and will eventually impact the, impact the valuation. Think of customer success as, uh, as an enabler for that. See, um, retention or churn, as it's called, churn, the opposite of retention. Churn is, is like a blood pressure uh, disease for a SaaS business. Um, it is not going to kill you. It's not heart attack. You're not going to die as a business the next day. It's a slow killer. It's going to kill you slowly. And the mantra, um, and the and the mantra that you use in the SaaS business is grow fast or die slow. And unfortunately, churn is a very slow killer. You will not, it'll not, you know, it keeps biting you at the toe without you realizing it early on. And it is only it takes few years for an organization as the organization you know matures um, to to start getting you know more than fifty percent of their revenue from. Uh, as recurring revenue, that is when they start paying focus. But if they start doing it a lot more, I think the moment you hit the first 50, 100 customers, uh, that is when you should start focusing on customer success and customer success. I think customer success needs to be focused from first customer. Customer success technology needs to be focused from 50 to 100 customers and beyond. Um, and if that can happen sooner, you will hopefully uh, can be on the other side. The flip side of that same problem, the problem of churn, uh, which is a blood pressure, the opposite side, uh, the flip side of that coin is is fundamentally the ultimate growth that you're going to get. And if you are able to grow um, and stay on a more than 100% ARR or MRR retention rates month on month, year on year, that alone is going to give you growth, which will all of a sudden add as uh, an amazing, amazing uh, nitro boost to your to your growth engine. Um, which fundamentally is going to dictate and change the trajectory and the light and the and the valuation of your organization as a SaaS business. Um, so, so there you go. That is the reason. If you are a founder listening, if you are a SaaS leader listening to this to this podcast, so so you don't want to be dying slow. You want to be growing fast, and it's one one solution to both the problems. Um, so that's the that's the story. Um, 
if if you've nothing no other comment I'll, I'll i'll be happy to move to you know the customer success which is customer support piece yeah this uh, at that's a, that's good. and uh, you know that's very well put about you know more uh, details into you know how much important this whole role or this whole industry is and you know so i have one more question uh, before we move on to the let's say why customer success is turning into customer support you know so uh, you mentioned about you know it's very important for a saas company for when they get their let's say first 100 200 or 1000 users you know to retain them for you know let's say one year two years or to retain them basically right so i guess uh, so i this makes me think you know uh, customer success is very vital for a saas company to determine the product market fit as well you know in the very initial stage so what do you think about this uh, i i think like i mentioned um, uh, customer success of course is important because eventually that is what is going to dictate uh, the success and the growth trajectory of a saas business um, but to put it more More, more crudely, and and Sunil, I was listening to some of your podcasts um, that you that you've done in the past. Um, I've I've seen majority of the SaaS businesses, you know, SaaS podcast or SaaS conversation, staying on two sides of the things. One is sales and marketing. It's like, was that a sales and marketing success? And the second is, was that a product success? So there are two key components that you that we are always thinking about. sales and marketing product sales and marketing product and and when there is a match we call it a product market fit if i can if i can put it like that there are multiple definitions of product market fit so you're not focusing on that that topic so 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 pardon me and 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 excuse my brevity in the definition of um, product market fit so i i know it's it's a much greater topic than which can be concise in a small sentence but but fundamentally two pieces sales and marketing um and um and product there is a third pillar which is now clearly exist was ignored for a lot of time um was not named well was not talked about or spoken about enough and that is the pillar of customer success that is the pillar and what i call customer success we'll talk about defining that in a minute so that everybody is clear you know what do i what does it take to deliver customer success anything post sales you want to double down on you know a lot of people think um hey now that we have customer success customer support is not important in subscription economy anything that you do for your customers anything that you should do for your customers you want to double down um post sales anything that is done post sales you want to double down on that and that core component that pillar was fundamentally missing product itself is a key uh, is a key player there uh, but that alone sometimes cannot solve the problem depending on How, what is the complexity of the problem your product is solving you know if you're a netflix user you'll never you'll never need a human intervention phone call you know for for you to um in the b2c side of the world uh, the products are simple the products are intuitive they don't solve you know the the complexity has absorbed any uh, sorry the uh, the technology has absorbed any complexity um uh, but the but the interface and what you can do or get from from netflix and um of the world is is very very simple and you sh- there is no need for you to get a human intervention support to configure netflix for example but as you move from from a simpler solution like netflix uh to even calendly in the b2b world which is very similar to netflix but a very self serve model there uh, unless you are managing a large, large team or calendly and i haven't used calendly for a lot for for some time now but if you're managing a large team or calendly you might require maybe some sort of human intervention but as you move towards more complex platforms crm 
if you move to from more complex platform to project management tools to um, to marketing automation tool to um, to security to enterprise security tools what, what you're doing is database management aws platforms as a service and whatnot as you're moving towards handling more and more and more complexity um, your customer success um, will require to step in with a lot of human intervention and when i call human intervention you will this will not be a self-serve like you are you know like i wish I wish, and I think all customer success, uh, sorry, all SaaS businesses wish that their product can be 100% self-serve. But if the underlying nature of the problem that your product is solving is complex, you will require human intervention because your product will require time and, and effort and, and configurations and discussions and meetings and, and, and a lot of that stitching together before you can deliver um, true customer success and hence will require human intervention. And so, Everything that you do post sales has gone beyond just putting a putting a video of self serve or putting like a like a walkthrough, um, uh, you know, of of pieces. There, there. Whenever you're doing large volume onboarding, I think that plays a very important role. But whenever you are configuring and solving the core complexity, complex problems, uh, that will not be efficient or sufficient, rather, um, and and hence will require a huge pillar of customer success and post sales, anything that happens, if let's call it customer success, at least for this part of the conversation. So three pillars, your sales and marketing, um, second, your product, and third, your customer success, which ensures that the value that your sales and marketing promise, which will be, will be delivered using your product, is actually getting delivered um, in the end. And these three pillars, now define the the SaaS organization uh, versus just the sales and marketing and the product. So the product market fit now is a combination of these three rather than the just just the two as thought or sought earlier. Awesome. So you know, I was talking uh, with Sue Doris, uh, who's also a customer success expert in one of the earlier episodes. So she also mentioned something called as holy trinity of growth. Uh, you know, so which includes culture, customer experience, and employee experience. So this can be, you know, one whole unit of growth for SaaS companies. You know, so sales and marketing, your your product and your customer success. <laughs> what do you think? No, absolutely, and and yes, I've I've heard um, I've heard Sue, and I'm familiar with her uh, definition of the holy trinity of growth. Um, so she obviously uh, talks about customer experience and in, in general, not specifically on specifically for SaaS. Um, um, and for any organization, you know, the foundation of a team is necessary. All these are businesses, you know, the business departments, but the people uh, within an organization, the culture of an organization actually makes all of this bring to light. Otherwise, this is just a framework. And uh, it's the teams, it's the, it's, uh, it's the people who, you know, put life in any framework. So, yeah, I fully agree. And, and I think um, if this is the, if this is the, if this is the framework, then the, the people who are going to bring that to life, obviously, you can imagine how important they are. They are the foundation. Yes. Totally. Yeah. So, you know, getting back to like that one question, we know, which I have uh, gotten from a lot of customer support and customer success people that, you know, uh, how do you stop a customer success role, you know, turning into a customer support role? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh boy yes I, I i know a lot of i've uh we, we bump into so many customer success um uh reps and managers and uh, who 
who do who do face this problem on a day-to-day basis. And, and sometimes when people are doing customer su- support, they're wondering, should I do customer success? What exactly is there on the other side? Sometimes people get um, hired for customer success roles and they are wondering and scratching their heads, is this really customer success or I'm doing customer support? So, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a new field and, um, uh, you know, but, but the, it can be confusing. So let's try to declutter it um, in the best way possible. And I'm going to take some time to, um, to, you know, take baby steps towards it and put the foundation in place. So let's talk about what is the difference between customer success and customer support, because let me, let me make it very clear. There are two different functions yeah. performed by two different teams have two different responsibilities, have two different KPIs, okay? So there is no overlap. Let me be crystal there. There is no overlap. There will be a handover at times and there might be, you know, uh, collaborations at, at times and do not confuse that with overlaps. So um, that said, let's dive into what exactly the difference is. Customer support role, as I mentioned earlier, is fundamentally a way for your customers to reach out to you uh, that's saying that, hey, now that you've sold a product, if I have a problem, who do I reach out to? So, hey, you reach out to support at, we will respond within rsla.com, and that's our that's our piece. It fundamentally uh, is a reactive uh, channel. Support teams, support reps will react only and only if there is a customer reaching out to them. So, so by definition, by the nature of they coming into action, what triggers that action by support reps is a trigger which is started by your customer. So, Mr. Customer, you have a problem, we will respond back, that's your support team. That's a reactive model. Customer success, on the other hand, um, is not waiting for your uh, customers to communicate or trigger a communication. Your customer success team is is primary responsibility that, hey, is my customer getting value? And there, they're constantly proactively reaching out, checking with them. Hey, are you getting value? Uh, was this, this was this my sales promise? Was this my marketing promise? How much, what percentage of that have you have you achieved? And you are not waiting for them to, to reach out to you. Have you even adopted the product? Have you logged into the product? Have we, are you using the product? Uh, are, your, are your users trained on it? Have you configured it? Have you imported data? Um, have you integrated the platform with the rest of the platforms and getting the maximum out of my product? All of these are, are check boxes or check you know, points that, that your customer success team is day-to-day has a plan to achieve and, and hopefully has a plan to achieve. And they are not waiting for your customers to trigger. In fact, on the, on the contrary, if a customer has not raised and not reached out to your support team, Obviously, they do not know customer success has existed, or maybe you've, you've sent out an introduction. They've not even reached out to customer success team. Silence is seen as a bad point. Silence is, is not good in customer success in the subscription economy. If a customer is silent, your customer success team is wondering, holy shit, are they even using the platform? Are they even getting any value? Like, how can we of zero importance to them while they're paying us um, tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars every year, but they're not even engaging with us in the last three months. Something must be wrong. So silence is not good in the customer success world. On the other hand, in the customer support world, if there are no tickets, your fundamental assumption is there are no tickets. I think I can 
go out and party. I've cleared all the tickets. My product must be fantastic. My documentation must be awesome. Everybody is getting the product intuitively. Whereas the truth can be, you know, so far from far far from this assumption. Um, and where you are, where you're assuming the product is uh, is everything is fantastic. The product might not even be getting used or adopted, and your license utilization can be as low as you know 10, 20 percent, if not zero percent. And that could that should be a huge cause of concern. So. Um, so that's one part of the story. Second part of the story, what are the KPIs? The KPIs that drive support. Okay, um, let me, before I get there, at any point in time, I'm not saying support is not important in subscription economy. Guys, do not make that mistake. Support is equally important in customer uh, success and subscription economy world. Um, because if a customer needs help on something, it's like, hey, how do I integrate your product with X? How do I set up this report? How do I configure this? Where do I find that? They have a very pointed question on your product. You, you know, all products have rough edges. They take time to mature. New features can be confusing. Um, the products are getting more and more complex. You're trying to solve more complex problems, all of that stuff. And, and that's okay. And this is where your support team steps in. Oh, if you're stuck there, this is how you're supposed to do it. Or oh, if the products are not behaving, maybe this is a known configuration issue. Let me go ahead and hit them. And they want this resolution as quickly as possible from a few minutes. If it's a live chat using intercom or, or, or Zendesk chat or something like that, or if it's an email like a Zendesk uh, or a ticketing system, whatever, and sometimes might even be phone calls and stuff. Um, and it can be from a few hours to maybe 24 hours of, you know, first response to resolution. I think the first responses should be no more than two to four hours, no matter how large you're, you're, you are as an organization. And your resolution hopefully targeted within 24 hours, but if it's complex, then it can can go up to a week. Um, uh, that is what customer support does. Immediately comes into action within a few minutes, uh, starts acknowledging, starts empathizing, starts uh, starts debugging, starts jumping into the problem, uh, immediately a listening uh, ear, and their job is to solve, how do I do this for a customer? The customer has a question of how. Let's go to customer, you know, equivalent role and KPIs. So uh, on customer, uh, sorry, before I go to success, on support, what you're measuring is, what is my SLA? How, what was my response time? What was my resolution time? What was the customer effort score? How many times we had to, you know, do a back and forth with my customer before we were able to solve the problem? If you're not, if you don't know any about customer effort score, um, uh, the the, uh, the the research was published by by CEB called Effortless Customer Experience. Check it out. Fantastic book, especially for your customer support department. Must read. Moving to uh, moving to uh, the success side of the story. A customer success is not worried about what your customer is going to achieve in the next hour or the next day or the next week. They are worried about my sales promise that let's say you're selling CRM. My sales promise that you're going to see a 10% improvement in closing rates if you start using my CRM after one year. Are you able to get that business impact? Are you able to get the desired outcome that you're, as a CRM, I'm taking that virtual example, let's say, you, you sell CRM as a business and your sales promise the VP of sales, who's your buyer, that 10% improvement on that. Or it could be improvement on forecasting or it could be improvement on better collaboration between a distributed sales team. Are you able to get that in a measurable way by the end of the year? By the, and, and are you able to you know, track that quarter on quarter, at least some progress? And don't get me wrong, that's the hardest. That's the hardest to get. It is far goes far beyond just product adoption. 
And customer success, hence, is measured on is the customer getting value? And how you measure that, and we'll talk about it. Is the customer getting value? I took some examples of CRM on measuring that. And those are the KPIs. And, and the other equivalent KPIs or the other side of the same coin, if the customer is truly getting value, you'll see them renewing your contract month on month, year on year, and getting even into a multi-year contract. Second, uh, the second thing that you'll see, you'll see them relying more on you, depending more on you, trusting you and your platform, your business and your technology, and hence buying and demanding more, um, upgrading, expanding, uh, buying more licenses, whether you're selling APIs, whether you're selling seats, um, whether you're selling any consumable, everything's gonna, you'll see more consumption, more engagement, more uh, utilization of your platform. Uh, all those are the, are the KPIs that you wanna set for your customer success teams. And eventually you'll start getting more advocacy, and even more engagement, they will they will be eager to participate in your um, in your in your customer programs, um, uh, voice of customer programs. They'll be eager to participate even in your uh, product beta test. They will have more engagement. You will see more feature requests coming in, and and those are all the. And I'm saying, okay, don't go back and throw all of these as KPIs on your customer success team on day one. It is going to take you years. Okay, not quarters, years to, to get this far. And we'll, we'll try to break it down. Um, but these are going to be the KPIs. They're so uniquely different than your customer support versus customer success. So in customer success, you're constantly you know, going back to, hey, why did you buy the product and are you getting that value? Why did you buy that product? Are you getting that value? Whereas in customer support, how do I do this is the problem. Um, so, so these are... These are fundamentally the, the issues and customer success teams will own more and more renewals, will own more and more recurring revenue. Um, even, even if you have account managers, and especially you know, if you're selling products worth tens and hundreds and uh, thousands of dollars going up to millions of dollars, you will definitely have account managers on the field uh, trying to make sure the relationship side is, 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 uh, is staying in place and you're able to you know, uh, map a larger organization all of those account management practices, but no account manager will ever succeed without uh, a equally compelling, equally strong customer success counterpart. And no customer success will succeed without an equally compelling, equally strong customer support organization. And no customer support organization will succeed without a strong product. So. So, you know, it is, it is a chain reaction. Welcome to the SaaS. I know, used to be maybe 20 years back, not anymore. Um, and it is, you can, we cannot slack. As, as SaaS leaders, we cannot slack. We have to do everything. I wish it was like, oh, my product sucks, so let me throw into customer success, um, you know, reps, and then I don't have any more problems. I wish. That's not, you're going to need customer success, yes but you will still have to go back and fix your product as well. That was just, a, it was just an example. Um, um, so this is, if you ask me, customer success is all about delivering you growth, bringing in that recurring revenue. It is a for-profit entity. When you do put together a customer success department, you should start measuring, what is my cost of retaining a customer? What is the cost of success per customer? And against that success, you should and you should measure, and you will get an ROI. 
that okay this is the cost of my you know let's say a 10 member team that i'm running in customer success and the roi is that my retention rate has gone up from 80 80% arr retention previously you were losing 10% 20% arr within the same cohort to now maybe 120% 130% and 130% is not unheard of even in very 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 large organizations um, uh, mrr retentions and arr retentions um, if you are small you can even you know uh, aim higher but that is that is not unheard of at all um, and that is the roi that you should be seeking so customer success is a for profit is a for profit uh, department division uh, whereas customer su- support is still a cost center because it is associated with the product wherever the product is is a little confusing a little more complex how do i do this you need to put those customer support reps in place i'm not saying it is less important i'm just saying it's a cost center uh, whereas in in customer success is a profit center so that's another way to to look at and and see the differences so i i think there are two questions one that sunil already asked which are still open one how do i how do i stop my customer success title uh, from becoming and slipping into uh, just a false title for doing uh customer support how do i prevent that i think um, that's that's the easy one and i'll answer that first and the second question is if you are a customer support rep or a success rep listening and you are scratching your head it's like hey um should i move to the other side <laughs> or not i'll i'll try to i'll try to give you you know the pros and cons or rather the uh, you know what is on each side so that you can take a career move and make a more informed decision i'm not going to make decision for you okay to the first question please um sunil i'm going to take a pause in between any any comments or any clarification that you need in between before i jump to your question uh, so far for you being a true customer success leader kunit uh, you know you you're just like uh, one true customer success leader so you already know you know what's going to provide more value to the listeners here and you've already gone ahead uh, just like a customer success person does in a saas and you've gone ahead and solved all my questions before even i asked them <laughs> so uh, uh, no no i and 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 then and uh, for your listeners guys i'm like this is obviously they had a conversation with i i had a conversation with sunil and sunil did set his expectations so the credit back to you sunil for for thinking through you know <laughs> what you want this to be covered so um i know i'm sort of taking the limelight away from you by calling the questions out uh, so apologies <laughs> for that um yeah um <clears throat> all right coming back um so the first question how do i how do i stop my role from becoming a a customer from a customer success role from becoming a support role number one i think this is the this is the bare bone without this you should not even call yourself customer success or any role should be in your call called customer success you need to have a dedicated customer support team if you do not have a dedicated customer support team but you have a dedicated customer success team i'm sorry you're lying because no matter how how easy your product is no matter how um how well developed how mature your product is no matter how well your self serve documentation videos and guides and and walkthroughs are you will still and always need a customer support team because customers will reach out to you um and that is a must have so customer support teams if you as a founder if you have to build one together and you're wondering should i bring in customer support first to customer success first customer support hell yes but you don't have a choice simple as that because even if you are so early that you don't even have a customer support person 
likely you are the one or your product manager is the one providing customer support or your sales maybe i don't know how technical that so if it's a technical product and and second is um, so you need to have a separate customer support and a customer success team the moment you have that that gives you the the first mandatory ultimate um, satisfaction that okay now you have the departments in place now let's talk about the practices and the roles and the responsibilities uh, which are going to prevent you. So number one, start with the KPIs. So define the KPIs. How is the customer support measured and how is customer success measured, number one. Number two, um, uh, once you, and I've already spoken about KPIs, I'm not gonna go, go into again. Two, um, you wanna be, be very clear as customer success, you should not be on the other end of support at we will respond in our SLA.com. You should not be taking support emails, support chats, support calls. When I say you should not be taking, I do not mean you should not be listening. Yes, you should be listening, keeping an eye out, knowing what is happening where, but you should not be responsible for responding within an SLA. You should not be responding. You should not be responsible for even responding or closing those tickets at all. If you are doing that, you are slipping into, hey, why is this um, not responded to yet? Why is this still open? Why haven't we, you know, pushed it in X, Y, Z? The moment you start you know, it's a slippery slope. From there, you start slowly getting into dragged into SLA because it is going to be driven by the customer. And because the, the trigger was originally, remember, customer support always starts by a customer triggering a support request. Because it is triggered by a customer, it will always carry weight and it should carry weight. But if you start answerable, become answerable for that, then you are slipping away from, hey, um, are you adopting the product? Why are you not integrating? We, we had an agreement with your CEO, with your VP, that if you want this impact, you will integrate my platform with your XYZ platform so that we can give you that value. You will bring in all your users for a training. You will do two webinars with me. You will sit down and do a configuration review with me. And those should be your problems. Those should be something that you should be owning, putting the plan, the success plan, which is a quarter, a year long plan, in collab built in collaboration maybe started by you but built in collaboration with your customer uh, uh sponsor there are multiple roles we are talking about we're talking about users we're talking about admins we're talking about sponsors you should be engaged all the time with your sponsors whether you're doing qbrs or not but you should have some sort of either active in sync or offline you know engagement with the customers that these are the promises because there is going to be work on both sides you alone cannot make your customer successful there will be work on both sides which which basically means um uh, that as a customer success leader you need to be pushing that and this is not going to be easy going to your sponsor convincing them for their effort convincing them for their bandwidth convincing them that now you need to do a b c d if you want to get the value that that we promised and all of that is going to take energy it's going to take collaboration it's going to take planning it's going to take uh, it's going to take a lot of nudging even internally that, hey, this particular use case is not getting solved with the current product. So you will need to go and push your product management. You need to have a seat there. You will you will require to, um, you know, to, to nudge them to, you know, move something which is down your roadmap, up your roadmap, even influence the roadmap altogether. And that will require effort. If a customer renewal is coming up three months down the line, 
customer paying you, you know, one of your top 20 customers and has got a key use case, which is not getting met. And you know that they're evaluating or a new leader has come in, is evaluating a new, new platform or an alternative platform. It should be bothering you. You want to be able to make a case, business case within the organization, get the bandwidth required, push that feature, push that use case, get even your CEO dragged into that on conversation saying, okay, we're going to build it for you. It's a commitment. Six months later, we'll, we'll develop that. Whatever that is, you will require to orchestrate that. See, as a customer success leader, your job is not, your job is not to deliver success. Your job is to make customer success happen. That means you are rallying the entire organization from your CEO to your product management, to your support, to your, because every time there are too many tickets and your support is not paying attention, you want to go back and, and, and push them. Or if it is beyond support, maybe go and push back to the product. Or maybe it is the product itself is not getting used correctly. Go be, maybe go push back your customers that, hey, this is not how you're supposed to configure it and my support is now confused. Um, and your job is to orchestrate success. You are the conductor. Your job is to orchestrate customer success and deliver customer success and make it happen. Not necessarily deliver it yourself, but make it happen and make the, make the entire organization rally behind it. So once that core job is understood and the KPIs are defined, it will very clearly help you understand and differentiate from customer support, which is solving, how do I do this? Hey, I want to be able to respond within two hours. The customer should know that if, if the system goes down, some part is broken, a defect is identified, and they are in a in and and you know they are they found a blocker and they are like waiting for you to fix it before they can move forward. They want that response within a few minutes to a few hours. And your customer support team, because they're doing a dedicated job, they are going to be far better suited. Your eight hours, nine hours of the day is you're locked in meetings, scheduled meetings with your customers, scheduled meeting with your product manager, scheduled meeting with your, with your management, influencing, putting plans together. Uh, and that, if you are in a, in a scheduled meeting, maybe you are even visiting a customer. You're on a flight. You're on a, you know, you're moving to a different continent. You're on an eight-hour flight and your customer um, support ticket comes in. How can you take responsibility for something that you are not, that your role is not even designed uh, to enable you to deliver, so I think it's a it's a promise that you will that you should not deliver. Even if you try to, you'll not be able to do a, a you know a job good enough as your customer support reps. That's one thing. Another angle you want to be able to consider, and this is critical. And and to my founders and to my VP of customer success and the success SaaS leaders, I think this will be very critical. Who you should hire, and now I'm you know, going into success versus support roles. Who should you hire for customer support? Who should you hire for customer success? <clears throat> Excuse me. The, fundamentally, you need to understand customer support role is how will somebody do this in your product? So it's a, pro, it's a role which is more tech-driven. It understands your product first. It does not, may or may not have the same empathy uh, or the very high level of empathy for your customers. Yes, we all want to develop that and you should spot on, but they are, they understand the technology first because their job is to make sure that the technology, underlying technology works for your customer. And if a customer is getting stuck, they solve the problem. So you are hiring likely engineers for your support team. Engineers who understand the technology. If they don't, then you're going to train them on the product, on the technology, on the, on the nuances of your product, all the, all the 20 and 50 things that break at our back end. Uh, whereas the, the customer success role is always focused on delivering value. 
So if you're a marketing automation tool, your customer success person needs to be from the marketing world who understands if they're not, you train them on marketing, not necessarily on your tool to the same level as you will train a customer support rep. They need not know the configuration scripts and how it is run and you know what is the frequency, all of that stuff. Over time, they will, you know, the knowledge between support and success will overlap, you know, at the handover points. But um, but the, the primarily customer success uh, managers are always are always going to be more effective if they know the domain a lot better. If you're a marketing automation tool, they should be marketing or uh, they should be marketers. If you are um, uh, if you're an application tracking system for HR tech, they should be from the HR, the people management space. Somebody who's who's hired people in the past, and they'll be able to empathize a lot. They will be able to deliver a lot more value to your end customers because they are they're pretty much working with their counterparts uh, if they are wearing the if they are wearing their domain hat, which is as a as a HR tech professional. I'm working with my HR tech professional, although I'm wearing a customer success hat here. If you are um, if you are a security a platform, then you essentially have a somebody who has deployed security uh, pieces in the IT earlier. Usually, these guys are semi-technical, if not fully technical, but but somebody who's led uh, technology, uh, somebody who's led security, you know, somebody who understands security, who understands compliances and things like that. Somebody who's come from banking, maybe, and never from customer, another SaaS organization, and never from another SaaS organization. Uh, Sunil, you're able to hear me? I, Okay, so so um, so so yeah, so so there you go. So customer support versus customer support versus customer success, and um, and that's how I think those are the two true differences in the people that you hire and the roles that you have to deliver, and the KPIs that you need to set. Go back and set those and and sit down, have a tough conversation with your founder, with your CEO, with your VP of customer success, and. Um, um, and and I think um, another piece sometimes that we see is if both support and success role roll up to one leader, it can be easier for the two heads to sit together and have that conversation. You know, two, let's say you've got two, one head of customer success, one head of customer support, um, rolling up to, let's say, a VP of customer experience or CCO, uh, chief customer officer. You know, again, there are multiple uh, roles which are emerging now. I'm going to stay away from the org structure that's going to take us in a very different trajectory. Um, but yeah, those are some of the pieces that I thought will be helpful. I mean, those are very precise. Uh, I haven't come across any, you know, any more precise description of the differences between customer success and customer support, you know, uh, of all the content that I've read. And, uh, you know, so those are very great points and I'm definitely sure that, you know, anyone who's asked me, you know, uh, how is my role, you know, is, my role was customer success and, you know, it's turning into customer support and, you know, what should I do? Or uh, So this is the, you know, this is the episode that I'm going to send to them, you know, maybe the, this gives them clarity and maybe they could send to their CEO or their manager and, you know, hey, just listen to this, listen to what Puneet is saying about customer success versus support and, you know, this is what I should be doing and, is what I should not be doing, and uh, you know, in, in in the meanwhile, you also answered one of the other questions which I had. You know, so what is the uh, like? You know, what as a as a CEO, like you defined uh, as a CEO, like which is the one person I should hire? Like you know, for customer success, and what's the someone I should hire for customer support role? Like, you know, what should be their characteristics and stuff? So you know, we almost have covered almost all the questions uh, that I had. So you know, uh, 
just i wanted to touch back on you know like about your journey into you know customer success box and stuff so you know i've been seeing you do a lot of uh, you know putting a lot of content on customer success on your linkedin profile you know for a while and you know i don't see a lot of ceos who are out there you know who are, and who are putting you know turning on their camera recording videos and putting content on linkedin so you know what's your what was your idea behind you know doing all this um so i i fundamentally believe you know as a as a as a vendor in the customer success space so we we make customer success box which is a b2b platform for for customer success as somebody who's putting together technology i think the the worst thing um, the, the worst mistake that i can make is building the product in silo um and and the way we we break those silo is essentially going back to the community time and again uh, like the conversation i'm having with you and i'm in the in the end going back with some learning uh there are a few podcasts which that i've already heard from saas sessions itself um i go and meet you know my job uh, sort of requires me to go and speak to so many customer success leaders so many saas leaders ceos vp of customer success vp of sales vp of customer support all of those all of those uh, leaders and i sit at a vantage point where i get to learn so much every day from so many leaders and from their tens and years of tens of years of experiences decades of experiences that each one of those have had and um, so what i am essentially doing by by switching on my camera is is only relaying you know what i've learned and as a result of which which then leads to more more comments more uh, collaboration especially on linkedin um and uh, and that then further uh, i think enhance this is the overall understanding of the customer success space uh, of the challenges people are facing how how people are trying or attempting to solve those challenges what is working what is not the experiments that we still need to do and run what are the still open challenges that we have uh, how customer success technology can help solve those challenges um uh, how we can be more efficient in building what we've done and that is why when you when you will look at and as and when you are ready for it uh, when you do land dive into putting together a customer success technology and you happen to take a look at customer success box you will you will clearly realize is is we are not a we not a you know old you know old uh, wine new bottle or a new packaging sort of thing we've innovated in so many ways we're patenting stuff um and i think you'll be uh, you'll, you'll find the platform so much more closer to to the problems and the challenges that you face every day i don't think we've nailed it i i think our vision is always years ahead of of the product uh but i think we're we've in the last 3 years we've come so far um and our our, our customers love us um they using the the way you they use the platform the value that they're getting from the platform and and we obviously uh, do dog fooding of both practices as well as as well as our of our own technology so all my videos all my content is fundamentally a relay because i sit at that vantage point um if there is any value that the community can get out of it i think that's fantastic but frankly um i, I think i do it just for a selfish reason so that we can learn more and uh, and build more technology and be more successful in in contributing to the you know to the customer success space you know our two cents making a little dent um and uh, we we just get better at it by learning from from everybody uh, just like you and all your listeners definitely i mean you know that's that's one great uh, thing that you're doing uh, like you know putting out content so from your learnings and your experiences uh, i mean that's amazing uh, so you know i would like to know like you know what's next for customer success box you just told like you know you've come a lot very far in like 
a very short amount of time you know so what's next for the company uh, i i think we um, um, you know thank Thanks to thanks to all the support from the community and and all the um, alignment and the responses and um, uh, I think the resonance that we received from the SaaS community and the SaaS leaders and the customer success leaders across the world, um, especially in the uh, especially both in India as well as in the U.S., uh, primarily New York, San Francisco, um, uh, and the California region and, and overall. Um, I think we've been uh, phenomenally successful uh, for the uh, for the early. Stage that we are in uh, first three years is very very early. If you ask me for any organization, um, so we are seeing some fantastic success. People are getting a lot, loving our platform. We're seeing some great traction, and uh, the the plan is to keep double downing on that and keep building. Um, I think the path for us is to to uh, keep spreading customer success. Um, we've even uh, partnered on education with um, uh, with with players. Who are um, who are great in customer success? So next time you, um, for anybody who's who's investing in customer success technology uh, with customer success box, you get uh, education programs and certification programs for every customer success managers built into customer success box, uh, things like those. So so from a from a platform perspective, I think what is next is we are on a very clear trajectory to to growth, and uh, that is what we are. Uh, Going and uh, and and making uh, one of the key pieces, you know, that we very recently released is uh, solving this problem of uh, automating customer success. And uh, um, the the way industry has been thinking about automating customer success is that hey, it's just like another marketing drip, but um, it's based maybe on product adoption. Okay, and uh, that's as far as industry has gone. And thinking about um, automating customer success, and and to us, you know, automation can solve problems to a certain extent. You know, if these are smaller, easier problems, maybe user level trainings and things like those. But the moment you talk about complex problems, administrating, configuring, delivering true customer success for the pieces that we spoke about, um, that is not going to be sufficient. And and there. Uh, but the cost of then providing human interventions can be extremely um, high. So the challenge in front of the industry was how do I deliver more success even in complex scenarios by providing human intervention because that sort of is necessary. Um, but I don't want to increase my cost. So what all can we automate? Uh, so it was just not about what all can you automate. So what we've come out as what we call a hybrid approach of automation and, and uh, human interventions. Uh, so the way we have put together our playbooks, now the way you can put together your playbooks and customer success box is you can automate all the way through, but wherever automation breaks, we bring in a hit. A human intervention task is automatically created. So we bring in a hit, and uh, so the way we describe it is we've got hits which bring the best of both the worlds. So it brings in the human intervention, but only when needed, only when automation breaks. But you don't have to solely rely on automation because when the automation breaks, if you look at some of the well-known platforms, you know we have seen no more than 5% success rates of automation on those platforms. So I'm talking about the more complex scenarios. And there, if it breaks, uh, you need to, you must bring in human interventions. And that is where it hands off to human interventions. And once the hit has brought the, brought the, you know, uh, the adoption back to the normal strand, that is when it puts back on automation Till and if at all it breaks again, again another hit and so on and so forth. And we are very proud of what we what we built. 
and uh, I think those are the that's our that's the piece that that we are we're seeing uh, uh, good adoption within our current base, and, and we're seeing a lot of a lot of people you know picking that piece up. Um, I don't know if that's what you meant by by knowing more about customer success. I'm always excited about you know what we've done and what we've built. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we're headed. That's awesome, you know, and uh, you know, good luck in the journey uh, for customer success box. Uh, thanks a lot, Puneet, for doing this, and uh, thank you for your time. And uh, if if anyone wants to reach, anyone listening wants to reach out to you, so what's the best way they can? Uh, I think the best way to reach out to me will be my LinkedIn, and uh, as Puneet Kataria, founder of Customer Success Box. Um, I'm likely connected with a lot of uh, a lot of your customer success audience. If not, then my bad. I haven't reached out to you already. Uh, but uh, but do but but absolutely do 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 find me. I'm uh, fairly active on LinkedIn. That would be the best way to 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 find me. And of course, you can also uh, reach the technology on customersuccessbox.com um, if you are interested in uh, in checking us out. Definitely, I'll try, I'll include you both the links, like you know, link to your website and link to your LinkedIn profile in the description, so that people can you know connect with you personally. Uh, so thanks a lot, Puneet, again, and uh, I mean this was a great discussion around customer success and your journey into the SaaS industry. Lovely, awesome. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.